Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. We are here, we are here this morning, ready to dive into the Word of God, and so I'm excited for that. Uh, let's pray, uh, and then we're going to be in 1 Chronicles 13, um, kind of a short story, but uh, man, I, there is some good stuff to really take from this, uh, and so I'm excited to dive into the Word of God and see uh, how we're going to unfold and unpack this uh, and see what God has for us today, but let's pray uh, and let's dive in. Uh, Father, we just come to you this morning um, and come to you with open hearts and open minds. Lord, we come with a heart of worship this morning. Uh, we come with a, a heart to hear you, to listen to you, to uh, be obedient to you. Uh, Lord, I surrender myself uh, that this is your word and not mine, that this is your message and not mine, that this is your lessons and not mine. Teach me as you're teaching all of us, uh, both on uh, Zoom here and uh, this podcast. And Lord, we just pray that you are in this, that you are with us, and that you continue to show us how to grow and walk closer to you every day. Uh, Lord, we thank you, and we love you, and we pray this all in your son's mighty name. Amen and amen. All right, let's dive into this this morning. So I'm reading out of the NLT as I normally do uh, right now. Um, I've got a lot of scripture that we're going to talk about today uh, and kind of jump around in. So, um, but here we go. 1 Chronicles 13. Then David uh, consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you, and if it is of the Lord our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel and with them to the priests and Levites uh, who are in their cities and their common lands, that they may gather together to us. And let us bring the ark of God back to us, for we have not inquired uh, at it since the days of Saul. Then all the assembly said that they would do so, for uh, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. We're going to get to a couple of these verses. There's some things that are really standing out here. Uh, verse 5. So David gathered all Israel together from uh, Shihor uh, in Egypt to as far as the entrance of uh, Hamath to bring the ark of God from kiriath Jerem. And David and all of Israel went up to Bala, to kiriath Jim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up uh, from there the ark of God the Lord, who dwells between the cherubim, uh, where his name is proclaimed. So they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of uh, Abinadab, and Uzzah and Aho uh, drove the cart. 
Then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on strings, instruments, on tambourines, on cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came to Childons, uh, or otherwise it's Kiriath Jerem, really, um, when it came to their threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him because he put his hand on onto the ark, and he died there before God. And David became uh, angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. Therefore, that place was called Perez Uzzah uh, to this day, which means uh, that the Lord struck out against Uzzah. Uh, David was afraid of God that day and saying, how can I bring the ark of God to me? So David would not move the ark with him into the city of David, uh, but took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. The word of the Lord. Okay. All right. Get your coffee. um, Get your tea. Get whatever it is. Uh, that you are enjoying this morning. And um, let's start unpacking this. This is always a story that I hear from even seasoned Christians, uh, even seasoned Bible scholars, um, maybe not seasoned Bible scholars, but like a lot of people that have been journeying with the Lord for for quite a while. And they still said, you know, I don't like that story. I don't like that God killed Uzzah. Um, because my man was just trying to do the right thing by not letting the ark maybe slip off the cart. And really, we need to unpack the whole situation to see what God is doing and trying to display to not only David, but all of Israel through this. uh, Basically, it's uh, it's a demonstration of like, you need to understand that there is a right and a wrong way to handle not only holy objects, but really approaching God. That we can we can try and do a lot of things on our own way, on our own thinking, on our own uh, source of reverence, on our own ways of doing whatever, and say, well, I'm, I'm doing it in the name of the Lord. But there's still prescribed and there's still a right and a wrong way to come to God. Uh, to a degree. Now, we've gotten a lot more liberties as Christians under the new um, new covenant uh, through Jesus and through the blood of Christ. Uh, but there's still certain things that we need to also maintain and uh, look at. But let's still first dive into what David is doing and how it was prescribed for them to operate there. And then how does that apply to us? And so that's kind of how I'm going to unpack this a little bit. So I want to start at the very beginning where David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every soldier. Where does it say he consulted with God? Where does it say he consulted with the priests? It, it doesn't. What The only thing that he did with the priests is that he sent out letters to them uh, later on and just saying that we're going to do this. And if there's no objections, great, let's go for it. Okay, and uh, and so like the priests have 
they're like, well, we haven't really messed with the Ark in a long time during Saul. It wasn't anything that we worried about. And so David is from the intention, David's trying to do a good thing. From the intention, David's trying to honor the Lord. Uh, from the intention, God or uh, David wants to bring God and his um, and his ark where his presence is uh, condensed so dramatically uh, in between those two cherubim there. And we read a lot about uh, how that uh, is played out and back in Exodus and in uh, Deuteronomy, Numbers, uh, and all of that where the ark was a massive uh, point of uh, focus and for the nation of Israel. Um, so even if we go back to Exodus, I'm going to read a couple areas where this is kind of big uh, for us um, in Exodus. It's in Exodus 25, uh, and it's just simply saying um, Exodus 25, 13 and 14, when the guy and when guy gave instruction concerning the building of the Ark of the Tabernacle and all the items uh, to be in it, he specified that the Ark was to be carried by way of the staffs that would be placed through the rings that were attached to the four corners of the ark. Okay. And so in building and constructing, and this was in Exodus 25, that was part of how to construct the ark. And clearly there were rings on each four corners uh, and those golden staffs or uh, rods or basically carrying poles uh, were put through it because it was meant to be carried. It was specifically meant to be carried uh, by Levites. Uh, Levites were that one tribe specifically to be the priests. And even a smaller uh, sub-tribe of the Levites was the Kohathites. And the Kohathites specifically were the specific Levites that had to carry all of the holy items of the tabernacle. Um, not just the ark, but um, uh, the plate. Um, uh, the the lampstand, uh, all the other different uh, holy objects within the tabernacle, they were the only ones prescribed to do such. Um, there's a couple of it. Where, uh, here's one from Numbers uh, 4, verse 15. And when Aaron and his sons had finished covering uh, the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, as the camp sets out after that, the sons of Koath um, shall come to carry these but they must not touch the holy things, lest they die. These are the things of the tent of the meaning that the sons of Koath are to carry. They are the only ones authorized to carry it. You must be of the bloodline of the Koath um, area. So even other Levites that weren't of that subsect still were even not allowed to be able to do this. Very specific rules uh, in God's word, how to handle uh, these holy objects uh, of this time. And so there's a big deal with this. Uh, we don't see David doing this. We don't see David. Uh, it says in there that they brought out a new cart. Oh, wow. You, he brought out a brand new Chevy Tahoe, right? <laughs> or something like that. He came out with a brand new Ford F-350 series you know, a flatbed truck and put this thing on the back of it. It wasn't an old one. It wasn't a used one. It was brand new, top of the line, uh, you know, had uh, the air conditioned seats. All of it, it was, it was the top of the line. 
but it wasn't what God asked for. It wasn't what God said that this is the proper way to handle my ark. It wasn't right. And so ultimately we see that David's doing his intention to follow God and honor God. And those are good things, but there is a right and a wrong way to honor God. And here in this context, in this time, under this covenant, uh, this was not the right way. We see that he didn't consult God. That, that That's mistake number one. Whatever we want to do, even if it's to honor God, if it's to praise him, if it's to uh, put on a service to praise him, if it is um, to do whatever it is you are looking to do, no matter your good intention, is it the right way to operate? Is this a way that's on, that's properly honoring him? And properly doing it in the ways that he has prescribed for us to operate. That is a huge thing for us to understand. I've heard people say some wild stuff before. That, oh, well, I'm doing this, but I'm but I, but I believe in God and I'm praising him. And it's like, but you do know that that's adultery. Or you do know that that's witchcraft. Or you do know that whatever, that that's something else. But you're trying to turn it for God. And yes, our God is a God of redemption, but there's still certain things that I don't care what you do. That's not the proper way to honor God. God, it's just, it's just not, it's not what he wants. Um, and that's where we need to be in the word. That's why we do soaping. So uh, uh, right now I'm preaching to the choir, right? We're doing what God wants us to do, to be in his word, to understand his ways, to understand his character, to walk in communion with him. And he will guide us into what is the right way. But we see that David did not consult God. Number one mistake. Because if he had, God would have said, once you read my word and you'll understand how to carry and honor my ark. But he didn't do that. And so this is what he does. He goes to the military guys. Why not? He's a military guy. I'm a military guy. I'd go talk to my generals. That's his mentors. That's his, uh, that's his homies. Those are the people that have fought with him. So it makes sense to just automatically in our own human nature to go to those that are closest around us that have uh, probably breathed life into him as uh, as well, have encouraged him, have built him up, have fought next to him, uh, all of that. It, whoever your warriors are in your circle, those are your people. That's great. We still must consult with the Lord and we still must seek and make sure that we're seeing godly counsel sometimes outside of our circle so that they can also see a bigger picture than even the narrow point of view sometimes that we are seeing. Uh, and definitely if our heart has this intention, it's really hard to step away from that uh, and be able to see the full picture of it. And that's why we need good godly counsel. Uh, and we see that he didn't really go see the priest. He didn't go see any Levites and be like, what's the right way to do this? Uh, and they just didn't go that way. And so they bring in the ark. Um, and it says, so let us bring the ark of our God back to us. Uh, for we have not inquired of it since the days of Saul. Good intention, right? We're good to go there. 
However, it's the execution. So uh, David gathered all of uh, Israel together, or, or excuse me here, verse four, this is the one I want. Then all the assembly said that they would do so for this was right in the eyes of all the people. All the people, it was right in the eyes of the people. I, I'm sorry. I know we love our um, voting system and we love our democracy. Really, we're a republic in the United States, but uh, it, we love that system of freedom that we have uh, and that we all have a say. But in the kingdom of God, it doesn't really work that way. It, it just... Uh, the, uh, the angels can't outvote God, right? We can't outvote God. It, it, it just doesn't work that way, okay? Um, it's not going to, it's not ever going to, and you can't vote that in either. <laughs> so there's just a level of uh, what's right in our eyes, as we've seen in reading God's word, that the masses can be deadly wrong. The masses can be deadly wrong. Uh, I would say uh, probably a lot of us listening to this right now that we can see that the masses right now can be deadly wrong in their thinking, in their ways of going about things. Uh, we can see that clearly in the Bible and potentially clearly uh, right now as we are living. Um, and so we see that this is going on. And uh, so they bring this new cart. That's great, but that's not how to be carried. That's not the proper method of execution. And so that cart, new as it is, that that brand new F-350 with the air-conditioned seats, all of that, and you know, uh, guess what? Uh, it stumbled. It had a flat tire. Something happened. This cart was uh, not having it. it, and the ark was about to potentially fall off, and Uzzah, out of his own heart, Want to say, man, I'm going to make sure the ark of my God doesn't fall onto the ground. He touched it. And that's clearly another uh, thing that we are not to do. Unless you are the specified individuals that God has to be able to handle the ark itself. No one is to touch that. No one is to uh, put their hands on it. It's it's a level of separation between how holy God is and how unholy we are as uh, as people now. That, that there's this level that uh, if you're not specifically that chosen uh, party of people uh, that have also gone through a sanctification process of themselves prior to even doing this, right? The high priest had to uh, cleanse himself, go through a full cleansing regimen before going into the presence of God once a year uh, before everyone. Those that were about to handle all of this, um, it says right here in Joshua 3.3, 3, uh, and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, you are carrying the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from the place and fall. Uh, that's not the wrong. Where was it? I was... I lost the one I had, um, but it was that they they basically cleansed themselves prior to doing such, um, 
we'll see that later on, actually, that's what happens. David then goes, okay, I messed this up. And when they actually go get the Ark later in the chapters coming, that they go through their own uh, sanctification and cleansing process. Uh, we must do that every once in a while for ourselves. We must come to God in a way that's just saying, hey, I, I, need, to, I need to purify my heart. Does that mean stop your sins and, and you need to get right on your own prior to coming to God? No. What it is is saying, I'm coming with a humble heart. I'm coming with honesty that, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'd mess up. I know that I can't do this perfectly on my own. But, God, I'm willing to listen to you. I'm willing to be open to your correction. I'm willing to be open uh, to your grace and your mercy and receive your instruction for me. I'm my heart is open to you. Regardless of David's mess ups here and, uh, and David's like, uh, you know, zealous attitude for different things. And he acts too quickly on uh, many uh, situations that we see. His intention still was for God. And there's grace still to be had. Uh, unfortunately, Uzzah was uh, made an example of for the nation of Israel and for David, uh, and David got it. It said that David was fearful of the Lord then because of this, right? It said David was fearful of the Lord. David was afraid of God that day, verse 12. How can I bring the ark of God to me? How can I bring the ark of God back up here where, where all of Israel can come and worship him? But I'm afraid now because I understand the power that God has. And there's a level that those, you know, the fear of the Lord is the root of all wisdom. Um, that's that is definitely a part. We have to understand that guess what? <laughs> we need to have a, a level of fear of what God can do. We need to have a level of fear of what God can do. And there's a level that that's good and healthy for us. Is it to be all day fearful? I, I can't come to him. I can't pray to him. Uh, I can't uh, bring my issues to him. I can't uh, be honest with him. I can't be humble in his presence. Like, no. The fear of the Lord should uh, help elevate us to do those things. There's a level. It's fear plus respect and honor. And also, all of this is out of love. And it, this is a hard story to really demonstrate or hear that love, but there's a level of God loves us so much, but he's also so holy. He's also so right. And this is prior to Christ coming. And this is one of those things where it's like Christ came for us. Because we just couldn't get right. Even in our best intentions, we can't get right. In our best efforts, we're not going to do it perfectly. In our best step forward into it, we still make a misstep. And so no matter what, we need the grace of God. 
here, unfortunately, was a demonstration of we need to get to God in the right manner. We need to understand how we handle things in the right way. And so David would not move the ark into the city of David, but uh, aside, he would enter the house of Oda Edom. So this guy held on to the ark for um, three months there, and the Lord blessed him. Doesn't say in like how and in what ways, um, but he blessed that house. Um, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that he did not touch it. He did not do anything uh, other than just keep a roof over it. Uh, and and the Lord blessed him for holding on to that. And there's a level that w- where we see is that, yes, God uh, took down Uzzah as a demonstration of, hey, there's a right and a wrong way to approach me. But there's also grace in the house. There's also blessing in the house. And so it's it's this back and forth of understanding that. How does that relate to our context in the, the new covenant under Christ? One of the big things is I'm going to read a lot out of uh, Romans 12. Romans 12 really shows us like here's the the heart and understanding of how to worship. You know, when when we're talking about worship, even David back then, that when they were bringing it in on the cart, that they were worshiping in their own might. They were otherwise worshiping in their own way. And there's still a level of like. It's not the best, is it? Was he getting everyone together to worship God? Yeah, absolutely. But it was brought in on the wrong way. It wasn't brought in on the shoulders of the Kohathites. It wasn't uh, done uh, with where people came with a level of deep cleansing and reverence to him to bring the ark in in the proper manner. And so none of it was fully accepted. None of it was fully accepted. If we don't come with the right attitude and with the right way in listening to how God has prescribed things, it's not going to be fully accepted. And so we see that. Um, and so how we see now in Romans 12 uh, of how to kind of worship. And this one is in the ESV version. Uh, I beseech you before the uh, brethren, uh, by the mercies of God, that uh, ye present yourself, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your responsible uh, or your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We see that that's that's what God is looking for. God is looking for us to seek him first before anything else. Seek his guidance, seek his will, seek uh, his heart and what's going on. We can come up with so many different crazy ideas that we want to do that we think is right, that, yeah, it's with good intention to love God and to honor him. But if we're not seeking him first, we have a problem. We are out of order. We are out of order. 
we must our bodies are a living sacrifice so are we treating ourselves right conviction right over here right part of that crew holy and acceptable unto god so are what are we doing do we love God? Do we listen to his word? Do we read his word to understand? And that's the importance of what we do here on SOAP. That's the importance of what we do as we gather together, either on here, uh, we're listening on this podcast, or we're reading it on our own uh, at home, following uh, our SOAPing here, or whatever Bible plan that you have. It doesn't have to be a Bible plan uh, that specifically comes from us or anybody. It can just be from something that is uh, getting you in the word of God every day to where you're learning his heart, you're learning his character, you're seeing the decrees and things that he has for us, that he wants us to dive into and how he wants us to come to him. And the biggest thing that he can, that you can do is just come to him humble, open, and transparent. All right. If you've heard of that before, you probably heard of it from uh, Pastor Mike Todd. He calls it, we come to God hot, humble, open, and transparent, which is a great little quick acronym uh, and fun way to look at it. But that's how we need to come to him. Humble first. Lord, I've sinned. Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I've... I've not thought of you, Lord. I've thought of other things above you. I've put things above you, and I repent of that, Lord. I'm uh, forgive me for putting anything in my way to having a deeper relationship with you. Open, Lord. I this is me. This is who I am. This is where I've messed up, uh, and this is. And I'm not fluffing the language. I'm not um, trying to sugarcoat anything. Uh, Lord, forgive me for these sins that I have committed. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm Look, other people can make me angry, but my actions in that anger re- belong to me and me alone. My actions in that situation, though it may have provoked me to do X, Y, Z, they were still my actions, and I'm responsible for them. Lord, I'm open about who I honestly am and transparent. That's what it is. I'm just being transparent. I'm just being who I am. If we just come to God with that openness, he can work wonders. But it's when we put up walls around our heart and no gates where we keep him out. And we don't let anything in. That's the problem that I see a lot in some people is that, uh, and as we're going through our freedom curriculum right now in this fall semester of Connect Groups, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and this week is our forgiveness week. <laughs> it is insane. Uh, some of the calls and the conversations I've gotten to have with people about forgiveness, about opening their heart up, about truly letting God in the way that God wants to get in. And yes, you can put, there's a level that you should have some kind of walls as protection. You know, the word says to guard our heart, right? 
we should be guarding our heart. But you still need to have gates. You still need to have ways of filtering and letting things in as much as you also need to allow to get the junk out. If you don't have gates and it's nothing but walls and there's no way in or out, what are you doing? You are actually hurting yourself more than anything. That is a military tactic, actually, is to completely uh, surround a city and block all entry of any type of um, substance of whether it's food or trade, uh, money or anything, and just completely, uh, it's a, it's called siege. Like, I'm, I'm going to block everything off. You cannot get out to get more food or anything for people and you and nothing can come in either and over time that destroys the city within itself are we doing that to ourselves or are we letting god in so he can nourish us heal us grow us or are we trying to do things our own way the intention may be good but I'm still doing it my way. I got the best uh, F-350, but I'm still doing it my way. That's not what God wanted, but I'm doing it my way. Is that how we are operating? And if so, I pray that right now that we learn to build gates in those walls so we can let God in and let the junk out. So we can truly come and worship for him. So we can truly understand what he wants with us. You see, in true marks of a Christian, and this is where I'm going to wrap us up um, with Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Arbor what is evil, otherwise get rid of what is evil, but hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse them rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep live in harmony with one another do not be haughty but associate with the lowly never be wise in your own sight Repay no evil for evil, but give though <clears throat> to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And if and if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peacefully with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap 
burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so right there, that's how God wants us to operate and live and our testimony and our way we operate is true honor and worship to him. So I pray today that we open our hearts up more to what God wants to do in our lives, that we have those gates open to him coming in and letting the junk out and that we become and transform ourselves closer to Christ every day. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you for what you're doing. Sometimes these stories are hard to understand or hear. Sometimes it's hard to even see what you're doing when uh, certain emotions or just feelings of, of uh, I don't think that that's right. But Lord, when we step back and really listen to your word, listen to your heart and want to see the bigger picture of what you are doing, we see your heart, we see your character. We see your holiness, Lord. So may we come with you and come to you with reverence. May we come to you with an open heart. May we come to you in a humble posture. May we just worship you truly with all that we have. Lord, we love you and we pray this all in your mighty name. Amen and amen. You guys have a great rest of your week. We'll see you this weekend for Friends and Family Weekend. It's going to be amazing. Uh, bring the kids, bring some family, bring some friends. We'll have a great time. See you then. Take care. God bless and have a great one.